Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Please do keep that passage of scripture open and let's pray. Father, we do call on the name of Jesus. Open our eyes to the great gift of your Holy Spirit. And move amongst us, Lord, as we look at these words. Refresh us and renew us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. One of the great promises of Scripture, as many of you know, seen throughout almost every chapter of the Bible, a truth for you and for every believer, is that God is with us. And this is a great comfort, I know, for many in this country, but around the world. Loneliness is reaching epidemic levels, and loneliness can impact us in a number of ways, whether it's sort of struggling to function Uh, mentally or in our places of work or even physically it can have an impact on us and we're not created to be alone God has created us to be in relationship with him and with each other but obviously when sin entered the world that we read about in the book of Genesis that relationship between us and God was broken and throughout the Old Testament we read about people trying to get into the presence of God through tabernacle, temples, sacrifices, trying to get close to their creator and their father because we are made to be in an intimate, close relationship with God, walking with him, relying upon him, hungry and thirsty for his presence. Now we know that the good news is Jesus came build a a bridge between us and God to reconcile us to God so that we can be back in a relationship with him and in a couple of weeks we're going to look at Jesus' final words that he speaks at the end of Matthew's gospel when he says go and make disciples but Jesus also says and he promises that he will be with us until the very end of the age. Now, for the disciples, they had walked with Jesus. They'd seen him perform miracles and speaking of the kingdom of God. He'd been crucified and resurrected. And then he's ascended into heaven and they find themselves alone alone again. But everything changed on the day of Pentecost that we are celebrating today. And I want to remind us of two simple truths about the Holy Spirit. And the first, Timothy will pop up the first slide, is this. The Spirit is the presence of God with us. The Spirit is God's presence with you in your life. Have a look again at that first reading that Karen read to us from John 7. We read about Jesus in the temple on the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Jews were pouring out water in the temple. They did it symbolically. Those of you who were here last week would remember we were looking at Ezekiel chapter 47. And so the Jews were pouring out this water with expectation, faith that God was going to come and renew and refresh his people. 
Jesus stands up in the temple and declares he is the source of this living water that is the Holy Spirit. Jesus then says just before the ascension to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes and you will be my witnesses. And then God's people had to wait. And I don't know about you, but I seem to spend a lot of my life waiting. And I find it frustrating. I'm not a good, patient person to wait. And so what we read through the Bible is there's a lot of people in the scripture who who have to wait. I think that's why one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience. God knows that we need his help. And so Pentecost means 50th. It was 50 days between the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and God's people waited. And then what we read about on the day of Pentecost was what's called a theophany. It's a a tangible presence of God, a demonstration of God's power and presence that is made known to people who he's encountering. And an encounter with God is always life transforming, whether it be Moses at the burning bush or whether it be Isaiah in the temple or whether it's Saul on the road to Damascus. Encountering God always changes our lives. And so what we read in verses 2 and 3, if you have a look at Acts chapter 2, is a sound like the blowing of a violent wind And what they saw that seemed to be like tongues of fire resting on each other's heads. And these images of wind and fire in scripture symbolize the presence of God. The work of the Holy Spirit. And this was what Jesus had promised, the baptizing of the Holy Spirit that was to come after Jesus ascended. Now the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is parakletos. And it has a a number of different meanings that we read in scripture. It literally means one who is called alongside us. But it also has this multifaceted meaning. Counselor, advocate, comforter, encourager, helper. Someone to stand by you and someone to befriend you. And so I want to say and remind you this morning that the Holy Spirit is the very presence of Jesus with you. God's gift, his gift of his presence, that you will never be on your own as a follower of Jesus. And being with you, the Spirit being with you, means that he is your counsellor. He listens to you. He guides you and directs you. He's your advocate. He's the one who speaks up for you and who is with you, defending you. He is your comforter. When you're grieving and going through difficulty, he draws alongside you and gives you strength to keep going. He's your encourager and your helper. The third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is the very presence of Jesus with you. And in fact, you are temples of the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing we read in these passages. The second is the Spirit is the power of God working through us. 
Have a look at verse 4 of Acts chapter 2. The disciples are given the gift of the Spirit and they speak in other tongues. And a bit like us here today, as we celebrated at the beginning of the service, we come from different countries and we have different dialects and, and mother tongues. So too, on the day of Pentecost, there were people from all over the Mediterranean who gathered in Jerusalem, celebrating this Jewish festival, Pentecost. And the gift was given to the disciples so that those who spoke other languages could hear and see and understand this move of God, this move of the Holy Spirit. It was a reversal of the Tower of Babel, that curse that sent people in different directions with different languages. Here God is resurrecting, renewing and recreating by bringing together his people with one language. Because the Spirit brings new life. And that is what he does in us and in his church globally. Last week at the two uh, services, um, the 11.30 and the 6.30, I showed this photo that will come up. If we could have it, please, Timothy. The next slide, I think. The anticipation builds. <laughs> there we go. This is the Okavango Delta. And in fact, there's some here who um, had just come back from the Okavango Delta last week and were excited to see a photo of it again. This is a vast, beautiful, untouched wetland in Botswana, and it covers 6,000 square miles. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site designated for its beauty and diversity. And whereas most rivers pour into a, a, a sea or an ocean, most delta rivers, this one spills out over the land that you can see in this photo. And it creates one of the great transformations in nature. Even more amazingly, this transformation takes place during the dry season in Botswana. And the process begins high in the Angolan hills when rainfall surges down the mountains towards the Okavango. And when the river reaches its maximum capacity, it bursts its banks and spills onto this parched and dry land, transforming it from death to life into a paradise for wildlife and birds. The delta swells almost three times in size between March and August, and it brings in about a quarter of a million animals, zebra and antelope and crocodiles and elephants, and it becomes this oasis. And I want to say to you, those of you who may have seen it on BBC, this is a picture, an image of what the Spirit does in our lives, transforming us from death to life, bringing new life in us. The power of the Spirit brings new perspectives for us, new attitudes, new behavior, new language, a new desire, as Tom was praying, for us to hunger and thirst after the living God. And the work of the Holy Spirit is to transform us, to make us holy, 
that we would reflect the image of God going right back to Genesis. We all need the Holy Spirit to transform us, but we also need the Spirit to empower us, to give us strength and wisdom, guidance, boldness, and faith to live lives that honor God and glorify him. And the empowering of the Spirit we see in the book of Acts here brought about the birth of the worldwide church. So have a look in Acts 2, in verse 11. We read about God's people speaking about the wonders of God. This was Spirit-filled worship. But the Spirit didn't only change the believers who were there that day, but it also propelled forward the gospel and grew the body of Christ, the church. Peter, who was denied three times, then reinstated by Jesus, was transformed and empowered by the Spirit. And he stands up and addresses the crowd and says, these people are not drunk on the day of Pentecost, but this is the long-awaited, promised empowering of the Holy Spirit for everyone. And so he speaks out these words of this prophecy where God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, sons and daughters. That's men and women. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. It's all ages. And even on my servants, the spirit of God is for everyone. Every background, every race, every rank, every nation, all people. And then what we see in the book of Acts is this propels a move of God. In Acts 4, Peter speaks boldly to the Sanhedrin. In Acts 6, Stephen is filled with the Spirit. In Acts 9, we read about the church in Judea and Galilee and Samaria growing as it is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then the Spirit fills the Gentiles at Cornelius' house. They come to faith. And God is building his church from the day of Pentecost, empowering his church. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 came to faith. And that work continues to this day. You and I are part of it. You know, there are two billion followers of Jesus around the world today. Some of you represent those nations where God is growing his church far more powerfully than this little island here. And we praise God for your countries. We praise God for what he is doing, reviving his church in parts of Africa and Asia and South America, where there are moves of the spirit that is growing and diversifying God's church. You know, they're estimating that there will be three billion followers of Jesus by 2050. God is breathing new life into his church. We don't necessarily perceive it sat here in Berkshire in the UK. But look around the world, see what God is doing. Hear what God is doing, just even bringing some of you. I think of our Iranian brothers and sisters, our Chinese brothers and sisters, sending them here to this country to proclaim the gospel to this nation. God is growing his church. He is breathing life into his church. He will be 
the head of his church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome his church. And so I want to encourage you this morning, as we sit still for a minute and then stand and worship, thirst for the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, come to me all those who are thirsty and drink. God is with you. His presence is with you and his power is at work in you. And he is growing his church. But he longs for us to thirst and hunger for more of his kingdom. So let's stand, if you're able. I'm going to pray for a minute and then we're going to sing one song of worship as we join together and ask God to build his church. But let's just take a moment now of silence. And I just want to encourage you, for some of you, you may need God's comfort. For some of you, you may need God's counsel, God's strength by the Holy Spirit. Just ask the Spirit of God to come and fill you, to meet you where you are at. And so we pray, come, Spirit of God. Come, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you that you are head of your church here across Reading and globally. Lord, that you are building your church. That you reign and rule over your church. And that your church is growing in areas of this, your world. And so we join together in singing this song, Build Your Kingdom Here as a prayer and a declaration that, Lord Jesus, you would build your church here in this country and around the world, that your name would be lifted high. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.